Episode 5 of Secret Invasion from Disney Plus is now officially out, with this being the episode before the finale of Fury's probably final venture in the MCU. How was it? Let's talk about it, but first... Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host, Brandon, and for this episode of Bruce Stilled, I'll be recapping episode 5 of Secret Invasion from Disney+. Plus. We are now just one episode away from the finale, which will be next week, and episode 5 of Secret Invasion definitely showed that Fury is running out of time to stop Gravik and his secret invasion of Skrulls over planet Earth. This episode definitely did show a lot of high-action drama leading to next week's finale, and also some shocking revelations, and Fury in search of allies, along with nice references from past MCU films and projects. But first, before I recap Secret Invasion Episode 5, what beer am I pairing for this episode of Brusild and for Episode 5 of Secret Invasion? Well, that beer comes to us from Alaro Brewing in Sacramento, California. The summer season brings longer days, while winter brings shorter days and longer nights, along with cold IPAs. The world of Fury is one filled with long nights, leading to this cold IPA from Alaro Brewing. Brewing from Sacramento, California. This unique IPA is coal fermented using a lager yeast. Combine that with German style malts along with BRU1 hops along with Sultana grapes, along with layers of citrus, pineapple, and topical melon. With the result being an excellent cold-style IPA, the body is very light and clean, with an excellent lager-cold IPA combination flavor, providing an excellent foundation to highlight this excellent cold IPA. The flavor is excellent. This is a very easy IPA to drink. It's almost session-style with its flavor. You could probably drink two or three without any problems. It comes in a bottle, and there definitely is a lot of intrigue with this cold IPA, which are trending beers for the 2020 season, and maybe cold IPAs might have some staying power with being permanent selections in tap rooms at breweries and also tap rooms that serve craft beer. This cold IPA from Alara Brewing is definitely a prime example of the influence and power of cold IPAs. It's not a hoppy beer, it definitely provides an excellent balance of hoppiness and also lager style flavor, forming a nice merger of the lager and the IPA, which are all critical in forming a well-crafted cold IPA, and this one called Long Nights from Laurel Brewing is a prime example of the influence of cold IPAs. The ABV is 6.4% and it comes in a bottle or on tap. And that beer is called Long Nights Cold IPA from Laurel Brewing in Sacramento, California. Okay, so let's recap Secret Invasion Episode 5 from Disney+. Plus. If you've not seen Secret Invasion and you want to watch the show, do not proceed forward because we'll be spoilers. Ready? Well, here we go. Episode 5 of Secret Invasion starts off with Fury at the hospital with the President just after the events from Episode 4 from the attack on the President's motorcade by Gravik and his men. Fury is trying to warn the President about Rhodes by telling the President he cannot trust Rhodes. But, we don't know what the President does here Fury, and Fury then has to leave the hospital just after the arrival of Rhodes, and Rhodes tells Fury about the Maria Hill video that shows Gravik and Fury's form killing Maria Hill. He tells Fury that he's going to release a video to news outlets, which would make Fury an international fugitive, even though Fury already is one right now. Fury then leaves the hospital knowing that Rhodes 
again has leverage over Fury. There is then a moment in the episode where Rhodes talks to the president about making an attack on Gravik Scroll Compound to a skeptical president of the United States. The president tells Rhodes this will unleash World War III, but Rhodes tells the president not to worry about it. So I definitely do see some conflicting personalities here between Rhodes and Gravik. I think they both have their own separate agendas. I thought they're working together, but it does appear they have their own separate ideas because Rhodes is trying to get the president of the United States after he awakes from his coma to attack Gravik's compound in Russia, but President of the United States knows this will trigger a war with the Russian government. Going back to Gravik, Gravik deals with the revolt at the Skrull compound, where he does seem to be losing control over the Skrull population. Some are questioning his leadership. He even kills one of the Skrulls that demonstrate his power, but later in the episode, a group of Skrulls try to attack Gravik, where Gravik comes out on top after overpowering them with his Super Skrull abilities. It's also in this episode, where we do see Gravik in his true Skrull form, as he shapeshifts back into his Skrull form, as a reminder that he is indeed a Skrull and a leader of the rebellious Skrulls they now oversees, but also now knows that he's dealing with a revolt within his own ranks. Gravik then orders an attack on Vara, as he tells other Skrulls that Vara disobeyed his direct order to kill Fury, and also has a very tense talk with Rhodes. So I definitely do believe, like I mentioned earlier, that Rhodes and Gravik had their own separate agendas, and I do wonder, what is Rhodes' purpose in this series? Because, in the earlier episodes, he was being a major antagonist to Fury, and we now know that Rhodes is a scroll in this series. But also in this episode, we don't get any more answers on Rhodes. That Rhodes, in my view, has his own separate agenda. We do get that. But I do wonder, where is real Rhodes? This show so far has been a major disappointment on Rhodes. It started off pretty decent for the Rhodes storyline, but also how they're treating Rhodes in this series, I just don't like it. And I do wonder, is the real Rhodes being held hostage in Gravik's compound? We don't know yet, and I want to get the answer on that because if this series ends by telling us that Rhodes is a scroll, that just going to be a major disappointment for the series, and also it's going to make me wonder what happens for the movie Armor Wars, where Rhodes is supposed to be the main character. But regardless though, I just don't like how the show has portrayed Rhodes, and also by making him a scroll. And in this episode, we don't get any further answers on that. It just shows that he and Gravik have their own separate agenda, and I do wonder, is Rhodes trying to overtake Gravik? We got that in this episode, but I do wonder, what is going on with Rhodes, besides having his own separate agenda from Gravik? Fury now is on the run, due to the fake video of him killing Maria Hill, even though that was indeed Gravik posing as Nick Fury. For the Sonya storyline, Sonya reappears in this episode, as she is looking for a traitor in her ranks, who is also a Skrull. She finds that traitor in his office, who is also a higher executive for the intelligence agency that she's employed with. She finds the infiltrator, and also now assumes the leadership role in her intel agency. She then finds the location of scrolls just outside of London, where she now knows where the scrolls are operating and what their plan probably is by finding more scroll scientists. I do believe these scroll scientists that Sonya found are helping Gravik with the Super Scroll program. But this also does confirm that Sonya is indeed an ally to Fury, even though that was up for question in the early stages of the series. But we now know that Sonya is indeed an ally and a friend of Fury, probably his last ally. Fury then meets up with Gaia. They talk about Talos' death. It was a very nice talk, but also very brief because Fury now knows he's a fugitive and his time is short as he must leave after hearing sirens. But also, I do wonder, will Gaia and Fury reunite in the finale in her final battle against Gravik? I definitely do think that Gaia and Fury need each other and that Fury needs Gaia more than Gaia needs Fury. So I definitely do expect they're going to meet again later in the series in next week's finale. Fury now being on the run, finds himself going to Finland and he's on a private jet and we get a surprise cameo from Mason, who we did see from Black 
Widow. And it turns out Mason is part of Nick Fury's secret network of operatives and spies, and it also helps Nick Fury get a private jet to fly to Finland undetected. He also helps Fury get secret equipment from S.H.I.E.L.D. back from days of Captain America and a Winter Soldier. This gives us some references from the second Captain America movie, and also from the days of Falcon and a Winter Soldier as well, along with the film Black Widow. Fury then takes a phone call from Gravik, so it does show that Gravik and Fury do have a way to contact each other, and are talking about a program called The Harvest, which was a program which procured Avengers DNA, and is what Gravik is after, but also does turn out that Gravik and Fury do have a way to contact one another, and appears they're negotiating what does appear to be an exchange of the DNA of the Avengers that Gravik is trying to get from Fury. It's Fury, though. He's definitely not going to let Gravik get the secret DNA of the Avengers in order for Gravik to achieve his master plan. But still, though, they're talking about negotiations for Gravik to get the Harvest DNA, leading Nick Fury to go to Finland. There is also a moment in the episode in where Gaia visits Vara, and where later in the scene, after a talk about their lives, they do the Talos burial ceremony. It's a very moving moment. We do learn more about Skrull culture that they had to make an offering as part of Talos burial. After the ceremony, they get attacked by Gravik's men after Gravik did order an attack on Vara for her assassination. Gaia and Vara hold off the attack, and Gaia and Vara go their separate ways after Vara does wish Gaia the best of luck. Fury then arrives in Finland, and we go to the airport undetected by using the shield equipment that he got from Mason, and Sonya picks up Fury at the airport, showing that Fury's last ally in the series so far is indeed Sonya. Sonya and Fury go to a cemetery in the middle of nowhere, showing some tombstones and also mausoleum. It turns out that Fury does have a tombstone there, as Sonya does ask Fury about a tombstone, and Fury tells Sonya that he has tombstones all around the world for secret purposes. It turns out that Fury's fake tombstone in Finland is containing the storage of the DNA sample of the Avengers' DNA from the Harvest. Fury explains the Harvest over to Sonya. It turns out the Harvest was a collection of DNA of Avengers' samples of DNA, which was collected after the final battle during the film Endgame in her battle against Thanos. Fury then goes on to tell Sonya that he does believe that during the collection process of the Harvest DNA, that probably some scrolls were involved, which he believes gave Gravik the idea to create the Super Scrolls. But Gravik wants more DNA of the Avengers that Nick Fury currently has. Now we're talking about DNA from guys like Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, even Black Widow, Hawkeye, Wanda Maximoff, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, and even other Avengers, and other non-Avengers who are involved in that battle. This is very much a very massive collection of DNA. It is a crown jewels of superhero DNA, and Gravik wants to get that from Fury in order to complete his Super Scrolls program. But like I mentioned earlier, this is Nick Fury. There is just no way that Fury is going to allow this to happen. He will not let Gravik achieve his master plan of conquering the Earth by getting the superhero DNA from the Avengers. Fury then opens a tomb, and in that tomb contains an eye patch, a pistol, and one of his older jackets that he wore back in the first Avengers films, that old dark trench coat. And that's where we see Fury go back to old school Fury, with the eye patch, his signature pistol, and a black trench coat. It's a very moving moment because we see Fury go back to his old ways, the old school Fury that we all loved from past Marvel films. He walks out of tomb, makes a very cryptic phone call saying, let's end this. And that's how the episode ends. So overall, a decent episode. The very last one before next week's finale of Secret Evasion. I definitely have a lot of questions about this because I do wonder just how will it end and how will they resolve the loose ends in this series, such as Rose being a scroll. But I liked how it ended, that very mysterious phone call that Fury made at the end, and I do wonder who was he calling. There's also Sonya being Fury's last ally, but I definitely do believe that Gaia will show up in the finale to help Fury in his final battle against Gravik. 
With that being said, here are my questions and observations from this episode. My first one is, with Rhodes, where is the real Rhodes? There is just no way that Rhodes was a scroll for his entire tenure in the MCU. The real Rhodes has to be out there somewhere. I think he was kidnapped by the Skrulls and is being held hostage in Gravik's compound. I definitely think that's the likeliest answer. So I definitely do believe we'll get the answer in next week's finale, and that is that Rhodes was never a scroll for his entire stay in the MCU. That the real Rhodes is out there somewhere in Gravik's compound, and if so, when Fury does rescue the real Rhodes, will that Rhodes suit up as War Machine in a final battle against Gravik? That there's something I'd like to see. I definitely know we're not going to see Avengers in this series, but Rhodes, aka War Machine, is an Avenger, so we just might see him in the finale. This definitely has to happen in the finale by answering the question of Rhodes and his scroll status. There just can't be a way that Rhodes was a scroll all along in the MCU. If that is the case, that would definitely leave a dark cloud over the MCU and for Rhodes' story arc, and probably even lead May into question the film Armor Wars. For my next one, that was Rhodes and Gravik tension. Are Rhodes and Gravik competing with one another to achieve control of the scrolls and also to conquer the Earth? It definitely does appear that way. I definitely think that Rhodes, at least the Skrull Rhodes, is fighting against Gravik and they're both fighting for power amongst the Skrull ranks. Or maybe Rhodes is probably trying to stop Gravik in his own way. There's definitely a lot of mystery going on here with Rhodes' story arc and his connection with Gravik and just how we'll end in next week's finale. As for Gravik, it definitely does appear that Gravik is losing control of the Skrull base because Gravik had to fight against the revolt, having to address the Skrull followers in a very tense way. This whole episode definitely did show that Gravik is indeed losing control and he is running out of time, showing why he's so desperate to get the Harvest DNA from Fury. And also, is Sonya Fury's last ally? So far, yes. Fury has no allies left in the show except for Sonya, but will Fury get more allies in the finale, such as the real Rhodes, aka War Machine, and also probably Captain Marvel? Those are possibilities, but so far Sonya is indeed Fury's last ally. I don't think Sonya is working against Fury. She's done so much in this episode to help Fury in his quest to stop the Skrull invasion. They both have their own separate viewpoints and their own agendas, but they have one goal in common, and that is to stop Gravik and his quest to conquer the Earth. So I definitely do believe that Sonya right now is indeed Fury's last ally. Also, there are definitely some references to the Avengers in this movie, such as the Helicarrier, the Days of S.H.I.E.L.D., and also references to the second Captain America movie and the Black Widow film. The Helicarrier in this episode is mentioned as being mothballed, which was news given to Fury from Mason. And also, there was again a question about why Fury won't call the Avengers, and where Sonya did ask Fury, why won't he call the Avengers? Fury does explain to Sonya that there are ways only he can save the Earth and not the Avengers. Fury is also worried that he is responsible for the Skrull invasion and that he must correct his own past actions, which led to the events of the Secret Invasion. This all makes you wonder on how it will end next week for the finale, and will this be Fury's final adventure in the MCU? Could he also sacrifice himself to stop Gravik and the Secret Invasion? These are all possibilities we can see in next week's finale. This episode showed a lot of references to past Fury-related projects such as Captain America and a Winter Soldier, the appearance of Mason, the Black Widow film, and also references to S.H.I.E.L.D. All these references are all connected to Fury and his history in the MCU, and I'm wondering, could this all be pointing to Fury's last ride and also him sacrificing himself if he has to do so? These are all possibilities, but I definitely do believe that next week's finale will be action-packed and also very emotional. Now, this series, Secret Invasion, has not been the most well-received show in the MCU. I definitely do see as not the best show and project in the MCU, but also, is Fury 
Fury's own show and most likely his final venture in the MCU. Because of this, this is definitely a major show and project in the MCU given his connection to Fury and most likely his final chapter in the MCU. We shall see what happens next week in finale in terms of how it ends and also if this is indeed the end of Fury and the MCU. But for now, that is where I'll leave it. And that should do it for me in this episode of Bruce Stilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast and please rate this podcast on your Zard Podcast directory as feedback is always appreciated. Also, do check out this podcast over on Instagram at Bruce Stilled Podcast over on Instagram. Do stay tuned for my recap of the finale of Secret Division along with NFL offseason coverage, guest interviews, craft beer content, along with other topics of interest. Please do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, whiskey in the summer months. I'm your host, Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed, and be the still, folks. Cheers. Cheers.